Welcome to the Swiping Diaries. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Swiping Diaries. I'm your host, Ashley Martins, and today we brought back Nate, and I'm super excited for today's episode. Nate, thank you so much for coming back on, and I'm sorry I was a little bit of a shit show this morning trying to get here. Before today's episode, I was over at a sleepover at my cousin's house, and originally we were supposed to record at 10 a.m., and then in classic Ashley Martin's fashion, I was late, so I kept asking Nate to push it back a couple minutes, and anyway, so we are here about two hours later than the original set time. (laughs) But Nate, thank you so much for dealing with me. Welcome back to the show. No problem. Thank you for having me. And I'm just, I'm happy to be here. I love doing this. Yay. Podcasting is so much fun. Like, and honestly too, I feel like it's like a good form of therapy, low key, which is also why I like it too. Yes, absolutely. Especially when you get to talk about all of the crazy things that happen. It's just, it's so much fun. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so Nate, so I want to talk to you about a success story that you've had on a dating app. So last episode that you came on, you mentioned a a brief story about how you met a guy online and then he literally told you to meet at a place that was closed and like essentially like didn't exist. So, which was kind of sketchy. So I'm so sorry that that happened to you, but was there anything that happened that like you thought was successful? You know, I want to give like a positive light to the dating apps. Yes. So on Grindr, like I have had some success, especially with relationship wise. So this is success in terms of having a relationship, you know, being successful in that regard. And I actually ended up dating this person for eight months. So it kind of worked out. Well, he said seven months, but you know, that's because he's an asshole. But anyway. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah. Um, so this one's a little bit interesting. And I just want to talk about this too. Like before we even recorded this yesterday, Nate was texting me and he was like, Oh my god, I completely forgot about this story. And this is gonna be crazy. So buckle up, everybody. I'm super <laughs> excited too. This is the first time I'm hearing about this as well. So I didn't want to reveal it because it's kind of an embarrassing story for me, but also because it it's like repressed in my memory. But this story basically, just to preface it, the person I dated was a narcissist. So they're very like Uh-oh. full of themselves. They're very into themselves. And I didn't really know what a narcissist was at the time. So it was very hard for me to kind of see that. My family could see it. Everyone else around me could see it, but I couldn't see it. So... We were going to something in Philadelphia called Outfest, which is like kind of like a gay pride parade, but it's like very toned down. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's not like not like super crazy, but it, and not as many people go. It's not like Philly Pride where there's giant parades, but there's still like drag queens and things. There's still performances. Um, people go to bars, people get drunk, you know. I was 19 at the time, so that wasn't an option for me. But he was 23 at the time, so he was able to, you know, kind of do that. Ooh, an older man. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So we go down there, Mm -hmm. and we meet up with one of his friends. And his friend, she's very, like, clingy, right? She's very close to him. She's very, she doesn't want anyone else involved with him. And I like want to make friends with everyone. I'm like, yes, like, let's hang out. Let's do stuff. And she just wants to get drunk. Essentially. She wants to get, yeah, like extremely drunk. And I was like, no, you know, I'm not really feeling that. Like, yeah, I party, but this was the first time you were meeting this guy, right? 
Or no? I would say this is like the third or fourth time. Okay. And I was basically, I was still at school when this is happening. So I was at college and I actually stayed in October. So I guess we had like fall break or something. Mm-hmm. So I was staying at school and I was like, oh, this is great. We can go to Outfest in Philly because it was closer to Philly. And I thought like, this is perfect. Like you can come over and hang out with me every day. That did not happen. That did not happen at all. Um, you know, he didn't really see me. I just kind of sat in my dorm, which was upsetting. But but anyway, Outfest. I'm super excited to go, right? And we get there, and this girl, like, wants to get drunk. She's already drunk. And, uh, oh, my God. There was this one guy who he had just came out, right? Okay. So he's to the nines. Like, he's, like, super drunk. He's, like, dancing around on everybody. And it was super uncomfortable because it's, like, I'm here with my boyfriend. Like, I'm in a fucking cardigan. Like, I'm just trying to, you know, just be chill. I'm just trying to be really chill, you know? Right, right. And people are just, like, going, like, being too much for me. So we get out there. We go see the drag queens. That's why I was there. And we can't find a bathroom anywhere. Like, we can't find bathrooms anywhere. We're looking. We're looking. We're looking. I had to use the bathroom for, like, the longest time. And I couldn't hold it anymore. And I literally just, like, shit my pants. And it was, like... I'm not, I'm not even kidding. Like, it was the worst day because he wasn't even trying to help me find a bathroom. So it was just, it was so embarrassing because it was like, oh my God, this is like. Was he drinking too? He, he was, but not, not that much. Like, it was just like a little bit. And he was pissed off at me because he wasn't, you know what I mean? Because he wanted to get drunk and, and I was like, no, you know, let's just. Let's just chill, because I can't get drunk, you know? Yeah, exactly. You're like, I'm not trying to get an underage here, but, you know, I'm still just trying to have a good time. And I feel so bad. Like, you're there just trying to be a good sport. Everyone's drinking, so, like, they really don't care about everyone's, like, personal well-being. They're just there to get sloshed and then do whatever. Oh, you poor thing! It was fine. Like, uh, when... when <laughs> It was fine. It was not fine. Um, it, <laughs> when we, <laughs> we... You know, I finally found a bathroom, and I was able to, like, fix the situation right then I was just like I want to go home I understandably like I was like I I'm done I want to go home and we're taking a cab and we're going home and I finally was able to convince him like we're leaving and we got in the cab and he's the type of person like he doesn't pay for it he didn't pay for anything he didn't do any of that stuff and he has a job like I'm 19. I didn't have a job. I'm in college. So I was pissed off and I just paid the cab and I said, I got it. Like, it's fine. I got it. His friend was upset with me because I said, we're done. And she didn't even have to come. Like, she could have just said, no, like, we'll stay out. But they basically, like, put it all on me and blamed me. And I was like, no, you guys, like, created this whole situation and I told you what, what, like, what we were doing, and I don't know. Exactly. You're right. They didn't have to come. And also, too, how rude. Like, you're in college. You literally have zero dollars in your bank account. And here they are with full-time jobs, not even helping you out at all. What assholes? Yeah, it was it was a little rough. And he'll still reach out to me, like, on social media, um, especially now, like, with my Instagram. And I just have to keep blocking him because when an ex is an ex, they stay an ex. I agree. I'm not friends with them. You know, I'm not going to be your friend. I'm not going to be your buddy. And I don't under, and this is the frustrating thing for me. I don't understand people that are still friends with their exes. Like if I am 
110% on board with you. I have never once been like friends with an ex. I mean, I've been like cordial, but you know, I never go out of my way to be like, oh, like, let me just like catch up on Johnny over here and see what's going on. Like if they're an ex, like you literally have, and I heard this before on another podcast, like what do you want with them? Like now that you're friends with them, like what? No, I don't need you to talk about like things that have been going on. I still remember like being broken up with and like one of my exes was like, oh my gosh, like please feel free to reach out. I'm like, for what? I have other friends. Like literally you serve no purpose anymore in my life. Like, so I agree. Like if I personally think like if it's an ex, like from a relationship, like it's in the past, you don't deal with it. I mean, like some people can make it work. I personally have never been able to make it work. And to like what you see the other person, like and you talk to them, what about their other relationships? Like, no. I would never want that. Yeah, exactly. It's just, I, I've talked to people that have said, you know, oh, I just broke up with my ex. And I'm like, cool, this is kind of a separate story. But I talked to a guy recently and he was mm-hmm. like, oh, I just broke up with my ex. Red flag, by the way. Yeah. And he's like, I just broke up with my ex. And yeah, we still talk every day. And that that frustrates me because when that person doesn't text you back, you're like, oh, but you texted your ex back. So it's kind of like, that puts doubt in your mind because you're just like, wait, they're texting their ex, but they're not texting me back. Like, why are you doing that if we're in a relationship or we're dating? And it's like, you owe me that, you know, kind of respect. And I I just don't, no, thank you. No, thank you. You bring up an excellent point. You're right. Cause then it's like, well, aren't you trying to like get this other relationship off the ground? Like, I don't understand, but anyway, yes. So Word to the wise, if you have an ex, um, Nate or I do not trust you. Or have an ex, <laughs> we do not trust you. And that is that. That is all we have to say about that. Yes. And it, like, if you're friends with them, that's fine. But there's a line you don't cross. Like, if you're texting them every single day and you're best friends with them, you hang out, you get drunk together, you have sleepovers. I'm sorry. It's just not for me. Oh my God. Especially like if, okay, if they're doing sleepovers, that is a huge (laughs) red flag. No way. No way. You do not trust them if they're doing sleepovers. I can't believe that's a thing. They do that. I've heard. So the, the ex I'm talking about in today's podcast, he basically, just to give you like, like the, an idea of my bad decisions. Um, so (laughs) (laughs) he basically like a month into our relationship, he had a sleepover at a guy's house, at a friend's house. sorry excuse me and he said you know hey you know I'm going over to this guy's house um it's a big party lots of people are gonna be there blah 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 it's all theater people okay great fine you know he had told me previously that he had a crush on this person but I you know that was a long time ago okay no big deal and he's like he doesn't like me back okay I come to find out that there's only two people at this party like maybe one additional person so three people that end up sleeping over And it's him, this other guy that he used to have a crush on, and some rando. And I'm like, you think that that's appropriate to, like, put doubt in my mind, and then I'm an hour away from you, and you think that that's appropriate, but you can't come and see me? Like, no, that was, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, I made the bad decision to continue the relationship for seven months, which was, you know, (laughs) my... My bad. I'll take the responsibility for that. But you know, like when you're when you're so desperate and you're like, oh, I just want to have a relationship and have all the cute yeah. things, you you overlook the negative stuff. Like honestly though, like at that time too, like you're just learning. Like you had like you trusted that person. And 
like that's okay i mean it was sucky at the time but like now you learn that that is not something you want to be associated with ever again yeah and and trusting people is completely fine i think now i have a little bit more of i don't want to say a distrust of people because that's that's not a good thing to have but in this case i think i just i think a lot more before i get into a relationship and i'm able to recognize the red flags like going to a a um a whatever that place was they had good fries and it was completely closed down and it's an abandoned parking lot i knew right away i'm gonna die and i have to turn around and go to the wawa right right <laughs> <You know? laughs> well and also and then going back to your story as well i mean if you think about it like if his friends were already being kind of like assholes to you too like i feel like honestly like the people that like you surround yourself with like are huge and they're a really good indicator of like the person you're getting into a relationship with. Absolutely. And so this was, again, when I was like 18 and a half, 19 years old, right? So mm -hmm. now I'm 24, 25. I'm like so much further in my life now. Like I have a, a good job. Like I have a stable income. Like I, I'm almost ready to get a house. And he's doing the exact same thing that he was doing five years ago. And the in the exact same place he was doing five, you know, stuff he was doing five years ago. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's a telltale sign. It's like, you know, you're not really moving along, you know? And that's so unattractive to me too. You know what I mean? Like, not that you need to have like your whole like goals in place or anything. Like, you know, like things always like come and go, but like, to me, like if you have no like drive or ambition, like that's so unattractive to me. Oh my God, I'm so glad you said that. Like drive, passion, something, you know, you have to be, it, like dreams are one thing. I think Dr. Phil says something. I don't like to quote Dr. Phil, but Dr. <laughs> Phil, said, <laughs> he says a couple of things like the difference between a goal and a dream is an action plan. So when you have a goal, you have an action plan and you know how you're going to get there. Like this podcast, like you put in effort, you put in time, you edit it, you do all this stuff. And you know what? Even if it doesn't go anywhere, it's freaking fun. And you put a lot of effort into it. And like people will appreciate that because it's, you know, it, it's not a dream. It's a goal because you're putting substance behind it. And it's when you don't put substance behind it and you just say, yeah, I want to be a famous movie star. It's like, okay, I want to have a million dollars. And it's just, it's not going to happen unless you put substance behind it. So yeah, I agree. That's delightful. Thank you for sharing that. Like I said, like there's no, and you know, goals like come and change. Yeah. But like, first of all, good for you for having, almost having enough money to put a down payment on a new house. That is incredible. I'm, I love that kind of energy. And it just like goes to show too, like clearly this person was not right for you. If he's not like, like I said, like you don't need to have, like goals change all the time. You, they don't need to be like, the same as yours or like you know anything or like you know they can change and that's okay but like if you just sit there and do nothing and you're complacent like it's not gonna work especially too like I know you're very ambitious and like it like literally will not work for for someone else you know what I mean you're right like I sometimes I am a little I'm a little over the top like I would say I'm I'm not just run-of-the-mill like I'm gonna go to my job and come home like I'm very like always looking for the next thing you know i want someone that we can take over the world with but you know which which is a little intimidating it's like oh no like you know but if you're just like whatever if you're just like i'm gonna stay be a stay-at-home dad i'm okay with that 
I'm really, really okay with that. Like, I, I, that's why I took three years off of dating, because I was able to see, like, all of the things that are okay with me and the things that are absolutely not okay with me. That's really big of you to do. Like not many people are able to like recognize that they need to like downtime, you know, to reevaluate themselves and like really understand what they want. So that's like really big. I'm so happy you did that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It was like, it, it was really hard for me because I didn't, I didn't even fully realize it myself. It was other people that were telling me you kind of like, really rush into that and it was even some people I dated like they'd be like you really you're you're laying it on a little too strong you're laying it on a little too thick and I'm like okay then maybe I should just like pull back a little bit reassess and then come back and so we'll see and that was like no dating apps either right like or were you on dating apps still but you didn't really like do committed relationships it's yeah, it's a lot of looking like I'll stay on the dating apps, but I just kind of like look and casually talk to people. Oh, I see. Still get to see what's out there. Yeah, just seeing who's, you know, who's online. <laughs> I see what my options are, you know, we can't just like close off entirely. So going back to that story that you were telling in the beginning, so you guys got into that car and then and then everyone was like mad at you. And then what else happened? Like what happened next? Uh, okay, so then we started driving home, and then he was really upset on the car ride back, so he was saying stuff to me, like, you know, it, in a negative way that was like, you know, oh, I just, like, you could have went home, and I could have stayed, and I said, yeah, I told, I said to you, you could have done that. And it's true, like, I feel like sometimes, I mean, I've done that before, <laughs> I feel like drinking just, like, does that to people, because I still remember, um, this is, like, a s funny side story, so... We went, we, we were all out before COVID happened. And I remember um, like one of my friends from college came up and like, you know, we all went out and then my boyfriend, so Eric was like, does anyone want McDonald's? And then Morgan, my roommate was like, no, my former roommate was like, like from college. She was like, no. And then my current roommate at the time was like, yeah, I want some. Eric, Ashley, would you like anything from McDonald's? No, I, I don't want anything. He asked me three separate times. Would you like anything from McDonald's? Me absolutely not. I do not want anything. McDonald's comes. Me, I get all pouty because I'm drunk still. And I'm like, you didn't get me McDonald's. He's like, I literally asked you <laughs> three separate times if you wanted because I knew you would want some and you kept saying no. So I feel like that's also like a drunk thing too. And I'm wondering too, like if you felt bad, you know, because like you were his guest. Yeah, I think, I think in this scenario, like I don't want to say he's a complete jerk. Like he definitely... He definitely felt bad. He definitely, you know, wanted to make me feel better, which is good, I guess. But he's still a jerk. Still, yeah. a, jerk. still a jerk. But yeah, it was um, it was just a really bad situation. Like, and his friends are very, like, if if their friends don't like you, if that person's friends that you're dating don't like you, or you can't be in a relationship with someone because of their friends that's a problem. Like that's a telltale sign that that person's doing some stuff that like you really don't want to be a part of, I guess. Yeah, I agree. That's just, I think like, like I said, I feel like fr like the people that your significant other surrounds themselves with is like a really good indicator of what your relationship's going to be like. And also too, like, like, you know, you're not just going to hang out like solely with your significant other the whole time. Like I'm sure there's going to be times when you want to go out with their friends and like what every time you go out you're going to be made to feel miserable hell no yeah and and that's a good point like 
you know, I'm like an ambivert kind of like, I like to go out sometimes I like to stay in sometimes. And I really don't care what the hell we do. Like, we can watch Netflix, we can play video games, we can, you know, go to the gym, we can run around, we can, um, what else can we do? We can go out and party, like we can get drunk. You just have to let me know what we're doing. Like, just make like a slight plan. You just can't be like, oh, we're doing this. And then 10 minutes later, oh, we're going to do something completely different. That'll piss me off. But I think it would piss anybody off to just be like, oh, let's do this. Oh, let's do that. It's Oh, my God. But where was I going with this? Um, so how, <laughs> how the relationship progressed then? Badly. Um, oh, no. <laughs> it, like, it, you know, it had its ups and downs. Like, it was very, it fluctuated a lot. But, um you know, I kept trying to make things work. And then he eventually dumped me because, you know, I guess he was just, I don't want to say he was done with me, but he wanted to be, he wanted to basically have more freedom than he could have. Like, he was like, oh, we could do an open relationship. We could do this and that. And I was just like, you know what, you're, you're crazy. You don't have yourself figured out yet. Clearly. Yeah. It was a very toxic relationship. It had a lot of ups and downs. It was very not, it it was very not good. (laughs) Well, and you're right. And you said this man was narcissistic, correct? Yeah. And it was always trying to feed into that. Like, and I'm the type of person, like I paid for more than half of the stuff. Like there was one night where I paid for a hotel room because I was tired of not seeing him. I was tired of like, being an hour away at home because you know during college during the summer I was at home and then he was you know still living near college um near my college and so I rented a hotel room because he was doing like he was working during the day and then doing theater at night so I was like oh I'll just like rent a hotel room and then we can chill and hang out and whatever and you know, it'll be nice. But he was like, oh, well, I have to wake up early the next day and I have to do this. And there was always so many excuses to where it was just like, you know what, I'm just like throwing myself into this relationship. And then he tried to make it seem like I was immature because I was 19. And I'm like, bro, I'm not, it's not because I'm immature. It's because you don't know what you're doing and you're so into yourself that you can't like, I don't know. That's ridiculous. I'm so sorry you had to deal with that. And it's, first of all, how dare he call you (laughs) immature when it doesn't matter your age, okay? Maturity level is not an age thing. It's literally like a mental, what is it? It's like a mental- um, State of mind? Yeah, you're right. It's a mental state of mind that you have to be in. And like, clearly this- this dude didn't have it. And I think too, like, especially because I've been there before when like with relationships where you just like are constantly like, I need to please this person so bad, like whatever they do, like it makes you feel like you need to please them. And then you're bending over backwards to accommodate to their schedule and like to everything. And it's so crazy to me because I'm sitting there and I'm like, it's crazy going from that to like a healthy relationship where then things are like, it's very equal. And I'm like, oh, wait, like you want to talk to me too? That's so nice. I didn't realize that was a thing. Like, and it's like, it's a nice, like mutual back and forth. And I'm like, like seeing that versus like what I was in before where I was like you too, like just throwing myself at this person, like it gets exhausting. And then it's like, like upsetting too. When you just like throw yourself at a person, like you really try because you care and you're like a loving person and you want to make sure 
the relationship works because you, like I said, you care, you want to see the relationship progress. And it's so frustrating when the other person constantly finds like stuff wrong with you that frankly are not there. And I think they honestly do that to try to make themselves feel better. Oh my God. I'm so glad you said that. Like when you throw yourself at people, like you get that feeling like in the pit of your chest, like, oh my God, what are they going to think? And what, right. how are they going to react? Yeah. And it's like, you have to abandon that and just say, no, I'm not going to feel this way anymore. This is ridiculous. Why do you, why do I feel like this in a relationship? And why am I feeling like this all the time? That's a toxic relationship because if you feel that way and they don't make you feel great, that's a problem. But also to go to your point, like I even like for the longest time, I even broke it off with people that were, they were just doing everything right. And I kind of feel bad about that because they were doing a really good job and they were making me feel great. But I ended up breaking it off because I was kind of like, eh, they're just not like exactly what I'm looking for. And I broke it off because they were treating me right. And I had never experienced that before. So I was, it was just so weird to me. I was just like, this is, this is strange. We're not, no, we can't do this. And then it was just like, no, I like looking back, I'm like, oh, okay. I, I shouldn't have done that, you know, and I actually apologized to a couple people for that because it's, it wasn't right. That's really big of you to do. I wouldn't, I don't think anyone has ever apologized to me, nor have I apologized. Well, actually, no, I have apologized to people before, but like, I think that's really big to do because I feel like, first of all, people don't admit they're wrong very often. So doing that is huge. And it just shows a lot about your character too. And like, do you think that goes off with in a previous episode, um, which at this point has not yet aired, it will air probably in a couple weeks. I talked about like standards on dating apps. Like, what do you feel? Do you feel like with dating apps that like, like people have like more standards, higher standards than before? Oh, that's a good question. So I can only speak for myself. So I'll speak about my standards. Like some people will message me and I'm the type of person that I am about looks and I'm about personality. They have to, they have to look attractive to me. I have to feel attracted to you to be in a relationship with you because we have to have sex eventually. That's just the reality of it. And if I, <laughs> if I cannot do that with you, if I can't share that with you, then there's no point in us continuing, which on Tinder, it's an easy swipe right or swipe swipe left. I can just say no, 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 because I'm looking right at your face. And if it looks bad, I'm not talking about the quality of the picture. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about how you look. And if I find you attractive, then there's arguably the 60%, which is the personality. You have to be able to hold a conversation. You have to be, you know, not a total douchebag. You have to be a kind, loving, genuine person for me to go the distance with you. But if you don't meet that first 40%, I'm not going to even entertain talking with you because I don't want to be your friend. If you want to be my friend, you you just want to go to the, you want to take it to the next level because we're on a dating app. So you're like going to stay with me until the hopes of one day that we will be together, which will never, ever, ever happen. So I think I think to answer this question on a dating app, I think it's a lot easier to filter out like who you want to date, specifically with like Tinder or Grindr, because you can say, I'm just not talking to this person at all. In person, though, you have to be polite 
and you have to be nice to everyone. So I will always talk to everyone. And some people have even told me, like, you're very flirty with everybody. And I'm like, no, I'm just being a nice person. Like, I'm not going to be a dick to this person. Like, I, I would talk to them how I would talk to anyone, like a friend. But um, yes, like, I've gotten accused of that before, too. And you're right. Like, it's like, I am a decent human being. and I'll talk to everybody. I talk I'd like to say I talk to everybody the exact same way. Yeah, it's just frustrating. People are like, oh, like, you're just so flirtatious. And I'm like, okay, well, you don't know how to talk to people. So go off. (laughs) But so I wanted to know, like, so do you think because of, like, the dating apps and then, like, being able to see everybody, do you think, like, standards are higher than, like, they would be if dating apps weren't a thing? I I wouldn't say that this, this is a tough question. This is actually a tough question. So I would say that I don't think standards are higher, per se. I think that there's more pressure because you see people a lot of the time, like you see their Instagrams attached on Tinder, you see their Instagrams attached on Grindr, you see their Instagrams attached everywhere and to increase your ratio or whatever on Tinder to make you like more amazing to other people. So there's more pressure to like take really good pictures. There's more pressure to like get a good camera and make sure that you have everything together because you see other people and they're at a level which you don't personally see yourself at. You see their physiques and you're kind of like, you know, oh, I, I'm like not thicker in the right places. I'm, you know, thicker in the wrong places. Or, I, you know, I wish I was, you know, more toned. There's a lot of pressure to make sure you're, you're portrayed in a way that is attractive to a larger group of people, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. I could see that. Yeah, I know like some people don't have a good good luck with, people swiping on them and you're right like it all comes down to like how you look on the dating app like it comes down to like do your pictures look good like if they look shitty and you can't really see the face you're probably going to get a swipe left it's just how it is yeah and you don't even need a bio that's the crazy thing is people think like oh i have to write this really clever bio i've gotten shit for writing things in my bio really well okay i'll give you an example so um, you know how on Tinder, like people will say it, it'll come up and their age on Tinder is like 27 or something. And they're like, oh, I'm not 27. I'm actually 18. And it's like, you can change that. Like, I'm pretty sure you can change that in your settings, but whatever. So I I say on the dating app, I'm like, in my bio, it's like, I'm 24 or like, I'm 72, not 24. So I... <laughs> Just to fuck with people? (laughs) Yeah, so they're like, oh, you look great for 72. Like, I've had people say, like, oh, wow, you look amazing for 72. And it's like, which helps sometimes. But then some people are like, oh, this person's crazy. Like, why would you say that? And it's like, because everyone always is lying about their age or something. And I just think it's stupid. I feel like especially guys, too, like, they lie about their height, especially, is a big one. So it's like, you're lying about something. Let's just like, you know, put a joke up there about it. Because like, clearly you look at your pictures and like, clearly you're not 72 years old. Like you look, you look your age. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. look good. And yeah, I'm I'm glad people get that. I know like some people like, like, I feel like I'm just gullible. So like, if I would have like come across your profile, I would have been like, oh, this guy's like actually 72. Like what kind of, what kind of reconstructive <laughs> surgery has he done? Because I would like that, please. Yes. <laughs> oh my god I don't even know it's like um it's such a weird 
weird world because some people are going to look at you and they're going to go, oh, this person is to this or they're to that. And then other people are going to look at you and see you for who you really are. And those are the people you want. So I guess at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what you do. Just be yourself. I think people think that they have to be like, you know, more broad in the way that they approach everything because they they want to be seen by everybody and they want it. Well, I want to be seen by everybody um, and I would like everyone to love me. But that is not the case. <laughs> I know that was like a hard pill for me to swallow, too. I remember like the one time my mom brought up like, you know, like sometimes like, you know, you like certain types of tea. And then other times you like other types of tea. Well, you know what? Other people have their tea preferences too. And sometimes like they're not looking for the Portuguese blend over here. You know, they're looking for some other kind of blend. Like they're looking for English breakfast or whatever it is. So I kind of like try to think about it like that. Cause before, like that was a really hard, like I said, it was a hard pill for me to swallow too. I'm like, I want everyone to love me. Like, what do you mean? And not like in a narcissistic way. It was just kind of like, well, you know, like, I think I'm kind of cool. Like, I'm sure other people would think so too. But yeah, so I want to be liked by a lot of people. But like, unfortunately, the reality of it is, it doesn't happen that way. However, I think we're liked by the masses. If I had to, (laughs) if I had to take a guess, I was gonna say, I guess this is a long winded way to go back to your story. And so thank God he, you said he dumped you, but it does not matter. I'm just glad that he is kicked to the curb. And you said he still tries to reach out to you. Yeah, you know what, Ashley, you're right. It was like, it was a blessing in disguise, you know. For sure. I didn't realize I needed it until I was out of it. And then he came back like a year later and said, you know, I'm so sorry. And he kind of did some shitty stuff after the relationship, like with my ex-friend group, which was not okay with me, which caused a lot of problems. But that's not important. Like that's not, that's completely behind us. We're moving on in 2021. I'm not focused on that, but it made me think a lot about who I surround myself with. And I really realized that, you know, no, I don't, I'm not moving backward. I'm moving forward with my life. And when he came back and said to me, oh, we could try to make it work again. I'm like, you dumped me, first of all. And second of all, I'm gone. I'm like, this is ancient history. Like this is, this is over. Right. Like you're literally an ex for a reason. And you know what it is? I'm sure he's looking at you thriving and he's like, oh, fuck. Like I made a huge, huge mistake. (laughs) It's true, though. It's true. I'm sure he's like, fuck, like I made a mistake. I need him back. And you're like, hell no. Like I'm way better off without you. Like what as Ariana Grande says, thank you. But next, like and honestly, too, like I personally think like. Once a narcissist, always a narcissist. And like, it's a relationship with one. I feel like unless like you also are one, like is, which you're not, I feel like it would never work. Yeah, I I think it only works in a relationship where the other person has no sense of self and just wants to like completely acquiesce to the other person, which is sad because Mm -hmm. it's really difficult for them because a narcissist is just going to keep taking and taking and taking and taking. And I'm the type of person that I'm very like, no, step off. Like, I don't, I don't want you to be doing this to me. Like, I have my own sense of self. I'm very, very opinionated, (laughs) which has bit me in the ass, you know, sometimes. Um, 
but yeah like i just don't no not again not for me not for me not Not my cup of tea today not my cup of tea not my cup of tea so i just want to ask you too do you have advice for people like when you were messaging him like was there anything that was like a clear red flag like so then this way like when people are swiping themselves they can maybe like try to rule out a narcissist that's a good question so i'm not gonna speak on things like you know, meeting someone on a specific app like Grindr, Tinder, whatever. There are good people everywhere in the world. I don't want to generalize it. I don't want to be like one of those, like, um, what do you call those like dating questionnaires? And it's like, if your date does this, X them, get them out of there. Like if your date, if you have sex on the first date, no, like that's not true for everyone, especially for gay people because we move fast i mean look at the way we walk we walk fast we talk fast we get stuff <laughs> done you know like we're we're moving so but i will say there are certain telltale signs that you can tell that they're a narcissist and that you don't want to be around the person and if it's someone that doesn't have empathy for other people so if you're talking about something and they say yeah that's really sad and then they don't genuinely have a feeling an emotion associated with feeling bad for someone else if they don't consider other people's feelings into consideration. So this one actually kind of takes a little bit of time to figure out, but it is a 100% telltale sign. If you can find this out and figure this out, if they do this, they're a narcissist and you should remove yourself from the situation. Because the reality is as humans, we always want to feel bad for well we don't want to feel bad for other people we we do we feel well maybe we do i don't know we <laughs> we feel genuine emotions we want to help other people we want people you wouldn't want the guy across the street to have lost his wife you wouldn't want that for them no matter what political party they're associated with no matter what happened to them you would feel bad you would say i'm really sorry for your loss i'm really sorry that that happened to you but if that person doesn't have a genuine attachment to other people like that just like a casual like you know i i guess you just have to wait and see and see how they kind of interact with other people <laughs> Um, I know he's like literally right he cannot leave my side he's like taking a bath right now in front of the camera (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I guess that's that's the most telltale sign and it's frustrating because sometimes other people see it and you don't see it which was in my case but you know now I'm able to see it and and I definitely I'm benefiting from it now good well thank you so much for sharing that because like yeah I'm sure too like you always have to wait like if something like traumatic not traumatic but like you know something like big emotionally happens to like kind of gauge them but you're right like you know they could say oh that's sad but then have like no like you said like no sort of like emotional backing or anything with it so but that's really helpful and I think will honestly like help a lot of our listeners too because it's hard like when you're like really emotionally invested in something and in a relationship especially you care about that person you don't see it right away Yeah. And the the scary thing, Ashley, it's kind of, as you said, like you said, that's sad, like in a robotic way. It's not even, it's not even like that. The scary thing is that like, they'll say, I'm so sorry. I'm so, that really sucks. I'm really, really sorry for your loss. And then they'll turn around in closed doors and just completely be like, forget about the situation. It's like a sociopathic type of thing. And that's the scary thing. So to certain people, they might go, 
wow, that that person is really genuinely nice and they genuinely care. And then you you have to look beneath the surface. And that's the difficult part. That's the tricky part. Mm-hmm. And a tricky part too about like some narcissists as well is like, because they, they're very good at what they do. Because behind closed doors, you see a completely different side. But then when you go to try to like explain your story to people, people don't believe you because they only see the good side of that person. Some people are good at like emotionally like seeing what's going on with the person. But a lot of people like, you know, they don't see behind closed doors. So like they might look at your story and be like, what are you talking about? Like this person's actually like super nice. Like I have no problems with them. So I would say if that's the case and that's happening to you, like be true to yourself, know your gut instinct is right. Just because like you tell your story to someone else and they don't necessarily see it does not mean you are not in an emotionally abusive relationship. Get out of it with whoever it is, like whether it's a friend, relative, whatever, like even a partner, like it's not worth it. And it's not worth your stress to try to bend over backwards. If you took nothing else out of this episode today, please like just know like we trust you and we trust your gut instinct. Get out of that relationship. Yes. And exes are exes. They're exes. Keep them in the past. Get them out of here. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much, Nate, for coming on to today's show and sharing your story. That, And I know it's going to help a lot of our listeners out. So thank you so much for that. Do you want to share your Instagram with everybody? Um, you guys can follow me at uh, the gay scientist, but it's like at the underscore gay underscore scientist. Yeah, he posts great content. It's like daily too. And I love your Instagram story. Oh, thank you. I love posting stuff to stories. Like that is my favorite thing to do. Like I've really, I, I love doing the stories. I, I just like being friendly in the stories, I guess. Like I like, I like all of my friends to see like what I'm doing and keep up with them. And, and it's really fun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Swiping Dyers will be better at posting on their its story. I promise everybody we're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly but surely. So if you guys want to stay up to date with podcast updates, please follow the show on Instagram at Swiping Diaries. I also made a TikTok and Twitter. Ah, I'm still learning how to do, use TikTok. So, you know, bear with me. Uh, you can follow those accounts too, just like the Instagram at Swiping Diaries. If you have a story or advice you'd like to share, shoot me an email at swipingdiaries at gmail.com. And I will see you guys next week. Thank you.